Hey, I'm Taz. I'm Caroline. Welcome to the Life Resume. Hey, Caroline. Hey, Taz. How are you? I'm good. How are you this week? I'm good. So I have a question for you. Ooh, now you're putting me on the spot. I am a little bit, but you like to put me on the spot. So I figure it's fair we take turns. Okay. <laughs> um, nothing too, but it, it does kind of tie into um, to the podcast. And I'm curious, do you meditate? Have you ever meditated before? I do every day. Do you really? Mm-hmm. For yeah. how long? So um, anywhere from... 10 to 30 minutes, generally like 10, 20 ish. And recently what I've started is doing a nighttime meditation too. So I'll do a morning one and then I do one just before bed and I find that I just fall asleep so much faster. Wow. And I think that I'm just, um, it just helps me just come down from the day and just helps my mind settle and helps me just like focus on my breathing and slowing down my breathing. So yeah, I do. Good for you. Yeah. How about you? Um, I, I do try and meditate. I try and do at least a short one before bed. I've also done mindfulness based stress reduction. Oh, and that is, um, that is probably the most meditation I've done. It was like eight week course that I did and you had to meditate for 45 minutes every day and Whoa. being the type A person that I am, I'm like, yes, I'm going to do my homework every single day. <laughs> so, so there was a whole variety of like different types of meditations that I did then. Um, I'd love to say that I'm still doing like that much every single day, but I, I'm not. Um, and yeah, I have found that it does make a big difference. It's really, really like, even if it's a short period of time, it's, I think it's really, really important. So shall we get to our podcast? Yes. Funny that you asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> Who do we have on the show today? Well, so we've done something a little bit different today. We have a duo. Um, so we have... Bijal and Abnish Mehta, and they are going to talk to us about meditation, funny enough. Um, we're going to talk about all sorts of things. We're talking about life trajectories, some like failures and resilience and experiences that have built up um, resilience. We talk about creating space for things that we we like and that we want to do and um, kind of saying goodbye to the things that we don't like and we don't want to do. And we talk a lot about courage and having courage and, and, and they talk to us about their relationship with spirituality. And yeah, there's just so many, so many little nuggets. Um, and when we were talking, like there was just so many different pieces that, that, um, that just made me think about things differently and I'm looking forward to to having you all listen to it and to hear and I hope that there's some pieces in here that resonate with you all the way that it, it resonated with me. Yeah there was I felt there was a lot um covered that we can take away and I love some of the things that they it's as simple as just asking the right question 
Hi. <laughs> Welcome. We're really Welcome. To you. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, it's awesome to be here. Yeah, we definitely feel very welcomed. <laughs> Yay. So our first question is, um, tell us about your life resume. Do you want me to take this? Yes, start? please, you start. Because the, okay. this maybe the older one, and my life resume is a little Older, older. wiser, more experienced. Do you see the, the chef? More experienced. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, one, I love this. I love the concept of thinking about a life resume and, and I think we get so caught up on the idea of these linear resumes that uh, I think the two of you have sort of uh, blown it up a little bit and talking about like, what, what, what does this look like? What is you know, sort of your life trajectory and how have you got there? And, um, and so we've been talking about this sort of over the last few days, preparing for this podcast and what does it actually mean? And um, what we really came down to was that like our life resumes are quite random and they are sort of, there's, there's no real, there's no real focus. There's no real, uh, <laughs> perfect. No start to end. Yeah. I, guess, I feel like right? you really like that question. But it's in a real existential kind of crisis for a moment where all we were talking about. <laughs> oh dear. And then spiraling off into weird vortexes where we're just like, Oh wait, this is the biggest digression. I actually have no idea. I'm asking this question continuously. Like, who am I? What is my life resume? Well, and that, that, I think that's the, that was the sort of the whole point when we came back to them and like, you've led us down a path of, um, sort of real reflection around like what, what is your resume, you know, like you, you don't necessarily think about And I'm sure there are folks out there that have this, you know, clear path. And um, my dad was one of those people. My dad used to tell me, and I remember uh, sort of back in the day about if find the job that you want, right. And then reverse engineer it. So understand sort of, let's say you find a CEO job at a bank. Um, I mean, who really wants that job, but (laughs) (laughs) that's that's the job that you want. Um, And then, and then he's like, research all those positions, understand what do they have? Do they have MBAs? Do they have CFAs? Do they have sort of, what are the skills that uh, are, are sort of surrounding those individuals? And then figure out where you are and build your career up up into that point. And um, that for sure did not work for <clears throat> for me. And and um, I don't think it sort of works for us in terms of, a, of how we live our lives. But that, that level of focus isn't about the end result, I think the level of focus is about sort of how purposefully we are making the choices in our life. And that is the part I think that we can be um, really confident in is that we, the choices that we've made along this journey have been one that have been rooted in sort of values, knowing, um, a lot of intuition, you know, spirituality, like you, you sort of, you, you make decisions, the best decisions for you at the time. And then your life resume just sort of you know, um, reveals itself rather than it being about a, uh, a way of doing or, or uh, uh, how to get there, I guess. Yeah. Like I, I would say that the entire preface and preamble to actually answer your question mimics our life resume <laughs> in the sense that we're just kind of like, yeah, there's no real direction. We're going to get to where we need to go. But in the process of like, let's talk about it for like 10 minutes to set up the actual answer to your question is kind of how we our life resume shows up in the sense that we have no idea where we're going we eventually get there and once we're comfortable in some of these experiences that have showed up non-directionally we're sort of like hey that happened for a reason and it's to get me to here and I've answered that question unknowingly um, 
and we're here, sort of, if that makes sense. Yeah. What would you say are some of the highlights on, on your life resume? I, I think that's, a, that's an interesting question because we were thinking about sort of like, hey, what are experiences or is there defining things? And I've always sort of been like, I, I feel like I'm that person that doesn't have like the, hey, these are all my cool accomplishments and that positive. It's like, here are things that were kind of fucked up. But <laughs> they're highlights because like in the fucked upness of it, I sort of, can I swear? Is it okay that I said that? Yeah. Like, so I think for me, really profound moments have never, it's like, I've been kind of defined by perceived like resilience building failures <laughs> rather than like these, you know, accomplishments. Um, so, you know, certain things for me, like I think bigger, big, one of the biggest standouts for me was like this quarter life crisis that happened. I ended up quitting law school um, just and in such a kind of like dramatic secretive way, if that makes sense. Like for me, it was like, I don't want to do this. I don't know how to get out of it. So I'm just going to go to the bathroom during my finals and stay there and never come out, not tell anybody and then know that I failed and then have to reveal this big sort of like a week before having to go back. Hey, wow. my dad, like I don't want to go back to law school. You were also in London, England. like Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah. Some, yeah, but... yeah. And, and knowing the entire time that I was just so terribly like unhappy, but it was sort of like, so there was never any pressure to kind of go to law. It was always like, you know, we, I, kind of had like super supportive, not kind of had, I have very supportive parents that were sort of like, yeah, study whatever you want. And I ended up, you know, doing a liberal, like I have a double degree in French and English and was that Francophile whose like room with those cheesy posters of cats looking at the moon or whatever, those are in both things. Uh, that was me and totally decided that law school was kind of where I wanted to be at and never prepared for anything else. And it was just such a like, I want to do this specifically. And it was like French civil law, not in Canada, applying to one school, got in, and then was not prepared for the stark reality of like, I hate this and I'm stuck. Um, and so I think that was kind of a highlight because it put me in this position of like creating space. And I think that's become a real big sort of philosophy of mine is how do I create space and anything that's taking up dead space isn't worth it. So it's almost like anything that presents itself as I don't like this. I don't want to do this. I feel stuck. I feel cornered. It's like, okay, well let's make space for the next thing then. And don't give it much thought. You just know it's taking up too much room. So what's taking up inventory in my life that isn't serving me a purpose needs to go. And I think that was that defining moment. And as soon as I made that choice, it's like, everything revealed itself. I, I met, I mean, I didn't meet Av because I kind of always like, liked Av, but we started dating or something happened for us to kind of actually, you know, be at the right place at the right time together. Our stars aligned. We started dating. I, all these other avenues opened up life-wise that was being taken up by this one sort of thing that I needed to prove to myself that wasn't worth it anyway. Um, yeah, I, that's a huge one for me. For, yeah. I mean, I, I, when I think about Beige and, and, and that moment specifically, I just, I, I can't even relate to the amount of courage that it would take to just, you know, to, to walk away from that and, and the, like the, the weight of everybody else's expectations and, um, 
what what the what the norm would be, right? Like the, the norm would be just sort of write the exam, you know, try to pass it, go back, finish the degree, and then figure it out. But for her to say, you know what, no, this is this is not for me. I'm I'm wrapping this thing up. I'm gonna go home, pack my bags, and, and head back to Calgary. Uh, you know, like that level of of um, the sort of clarity, commitment, uh, courage is just like it's incredibly inspiring. And and so I saw her shortly after she came back from. Um, from Europe and I'm like, what are you, what are you doing here? And she's like, I quit law school. I was like that. Yeah. Like, let, like let's hang out. I want to hear about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like after she's like so romanticized. I'm like, no, I sat on a toilet for an exam. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm in here. I'll just pretend I have to pee. And I'm like, what? Why wouldn't I just hang out in the bathroom? <laughs> no, it was pretty dramatic. So it wasn't that romanticized and courageous. Like I sat on the can. That's what happened. <laughs> That's where you do some of your best thinking, you know. Like, I like uh, to say so. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, what else do you? I mean, there, there, I think there's a couple ones. One, I think my my, my first sort of job, um, and, and what was definitely part of my life resume. I, I worked at Heritage Park here in Calgary. So, uh, this it's kind of a uh, what, like an uh, old timers and, and not for people, but but sort of yeah. period. <laughs> it's like not uh, a historical. Preserved historical. Yeah, exactly. historical. Um, and, and that, 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 and I, so I was a bus boy. I was, you know, 15, 14, 15 years old. And, um, and uh, I loved it. it. It was sort of, it, it was the job that um, it showed me sort of the, the, the value of hard work. It, it had a great team. Uh, I loved the idea of completion. And so, you know, that the, the, being the busboy, you're, you're doing, you know, you're sort of clearing and then setting and like that, that's sort of all I did all day long. And um, I absolutely, I, like, I just fell in love with it and I ended up being really good at it, you know, sort of clearing dishes and running shop and, and doing all those other things. And um, I was rewarded with a, a white hat award for the best busboy in the city, um, you know, which is, which is for sure one of my best accolades, you know, <laughs> you think about things, but it's, um, it's one of those jobs that I think our parents as sort of new immigrants, at least my parents, um, were a bit hesitant on me sort of taking, you know, they're like, well, just focus on work and, and just make sure you're studying. And, you know, I was like, no, like, I want, I want to do this. I want to just sort of be out there. I want to connect with others. I want to, um, I want to be a part of something. And, and my manager there, my leader there were, were just, he, he and the rest of the team were just so strong that all of a sudden they're like, oh, I get it. I get what this looks like to be part of a highly effective team and, um, and, and what it looks like for us to inspire each other and use our skills. And, and so it sort of set my life into a really interesting trajectory that way. Um, the other one, if we have a sec that I'll, ch I'll share with you was uh, the day that I got fired from a, um, from a company. Um, and, and they'll say, probably say let go, but for sure I was fired. Um, <laughs> fired with a severance, which was, which was really nice actually. But I, um, after, after school, I was in Singapore for uh, a little while working out there and then I came home and my sister got me a job at the firm that she was working at. So big international firm, risk management, um, you know, one of the, sort of the largest risk management firms across the world. And my sister was for sure an up and comer in there, was identified as incredible talent. She worked incredibly hard and, um, and I got in there and after, you know, uh, really after nine months, I realized that this is not a great place for me. Um, and mm -hmm. sort of after 11 months, they realized that this is not a great place for me. And November 7th, I remember the day, uh, I walked into the boardroom 
And I thought I was getting, I thought I was getting a promotion and they fired me. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so I thought I was getting like, I had applied for another job internally in the firm. I thought this is what this is about. And all of a sudden they like hand me papers and uh, they're like, yeah, you've got 24 hours to decide what you're going to do. And you know, here it is. And so just packing up, like going back to my desk at a security guard looking over my shoulder um, wow. you know, like packing up my desk with the things that are yours, which are sort of limited at that time. And um, the security guard was probably younger than I was, right? I was only 24 or whatever it was, and he was younger than me. And, um, and so I ended up being like, well, I'm going to walk around the whole office and say bye to everybody. And so I walked around the whole office and he was following me the whole time. Oh my like, God. I was introducing him to people. I'm like, here's Reggie, you know, <laughs> just meet him. He's my escort as I, you know, make sure I don't steal files or something on, on my way out or, you know, Jerry Maguire myself out of there. Um, but I remember standing on the corner. It was at the BP uh, Plaza in Calgary. So fourth and second and like with this white box and being like, the fuck is going to happen now? Like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. Um, my, I for sure disappointed my sister, you know, like I know that this is sort of, I was worried about her reputation within the organization. And, um, and, and, you know, like you, you sort of have all of these, these, these sort of questions running around, roaming around. But um, the reason that it was so significant is that it, it was sort of the moment where uh, for me, I realized that, it, that I, I have to rely on myself. I can't, I can't rely on a system. I can't rely on an organization. Uh, it really pushed me into entrepreneurship, into sort of charting my own course, into figuring out what does this mean, you know, for me as an individual. And uh, it, it probably was the best, you know, sort of push uh, that, that I could have ever gotten. Uh, was sort of professionally, what was that? Because it changed sort of my trajectory completely to say, yeah, cool. I'm going to start making the decisions. I want to be on that side. I want to control uh, as best as I can sort of what that looks like and never be at the mercy of, of somebody else saying, Hey, thanks so much. You know, it's, it's been a lot of fun, but you're, you're, you now leave, you know, here's your box and, and go. Um, so that, that was for sure a, a major component of our, of sort of that life trajectory and, and that life resume part. Wow. What, what a story, both of you actually. <laughs> Like quite the stories. That's amazing. Um, I'd love to know how uh, your values and maybe spirituality has kind of um, grown or progressed over time to get you to sort of who you are today. Yeah, I mean, I think we, you could probably say that spirituality is, I used to like aggressively present for both of us. It's just, it's, it's really sort of how we operate. Um, both of us, like I, I, both of us are empathic. I would identify as like super empathic to the extent of like, kind of, you know, you, if you're like, hi, am I that, that job that everyone's sort of like, oh my God, that person's so weird. Cause you just experience everything through such a sensory lens. And that, that, that empathy <laughs> side, I think they're, they're sort of the emotional um, sort of connection or feeling uh, with Beach, it's sort of it's really deep where it's like it, it, it's almost like transcends where like she she can she can almost assume some of that you know like there's it's she's highly permeable in that way where she is taking on that that energy and and um, so it, it's really interesting she's about sort of empathic and I think it's a it's an easy word to be like oh you know I'm trying to understand your emotion this is like 
I understand, I feel, and it influences who I am. It's an interesting concept to explain. So I think, you know, it's sort of like not necessarily feeling uh, grounded in your own energy. You're always rolling in other people's energy. And so it's a constant questioning of like, hey, is this mine? Is it somebody else's? Is it something else's? I'm off. Like, so this hyper awareness of shifts and vibrations and energy and sometimes feeling so de-anchored that you're looking for tools to give you semblance of control because you almost feel like that leaf in the wind that's just blowing in any direction and you're sort of like well who's me like let me just ground in myself so that spirituality tool is sort of like hey uh what is that thing that anchors me so it's this unrelenting faith in a number of things and concepts and ideas And I, you know, I always say that in my personal point of view, that sometimes I feel like Av is kind of in on the big secret with my higher ups in the universe to make sure that, you know, I'm where I'm supposed to be at. And that's like a lot of, that's a really heavy sort of weight on his shoulders, but that's sometimes I think the role he plays at least to me. And so we're kind of in this space of, you know, we're that, we're that duo that I think is constantly like, Hey, I got this really cool idea. And it's like, yeah. And then it's like, let's just do it. And it's so unorthodox and so weird. And, you know, you're sort of like, well, I have somebody, we have each other to go on adventures with. And there's never, we're not like a no leading with no household. And I think that comes from the spirituality piece and that constant questioning, right? We're always in question. We're always sort of like, let's not analyze, but let's reflect. And one of our, I think, concepts that we have between both of us in any decision-making and in any sort of onboarding of something is like, hey, heavy or light? Is this a heavy feeling or a light feeling? Because it's easier to articulate that than to overanalyze and then, you know, sabotage and not do something um, or do something because we're adhering to a particular construct. It's just about, hey, in your gut, what does this feel like? And I think that comes from like, you know, a super spiritual place. Yeah, from, from a from a sort of professional and and, uh, relational point of view because our our company is highly relational mm-hmm. um, and sort of the opportunities that we find are highly relational there's there's a deep uh, sense of of um, faith and connection that our, like our BD pipeline or our ability to find the right folks to connect with us um, is uh, like is gonna happen you know, like we're, 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 we're attracting the right people at the right time. We're being attracted to the right people at the right time, feeling comfortable, um, knowing that you have this, uh, this commonality of not necessarily things or experiences, but it's a commonality in a, in a space. Uh, and then you go and explore it even further. And, and, you know, and like, those are the types of pieces of like, are you trusting your gut? Do you, do you, you know, like there's moments where we're like, ah, should we take on this client? And, and, it's like, yeah, no. And then, the, you know, the financial piece creeps in and, and you say yes. And then midway through, you're like, what are we doing? Mm. You know, like you're just grinding yeah. through it. You're, you're spending way more hours than you thought you would be. It's getting, you know, it's getting more expensive. All of those things where it's like, yeah, you know, if because we're rooted in this spirituality space and, and it's sort of multifaceted, that, that level of intuition, that level of connection grows and, and you just have to, you have to trust and listen to it more and more and more. Like that's, those are the type of questions we're asking. What if it was easy? What would it look like if no one was in there? Like you're framing all of these questions to set it up because you know somewhere from a value place, there's an unrelenting faith and an optimism in the fact that 
it doesn't matter what it looks like linearly, but we're being supported and that's it. It's just like the universe, the higher ups, whoever it is up there has our backs. Let's just have a quick conversation and know that no matter what is going to happen, it's a requirement. It's that, you know, what's right about it that we can't see sort of situation that's constantly taking place in our life. So it's this belief system of there's no good or bad or right or wrong choice. There's choice in every avenue arrives somewhere else. The righteousness part I think is really interesting because it's, it's easy to, to either be that person who wants to be right and, and sort of, you know, like in that knowing to be like, well, I know this. Right. And, and so how do you convey communicate? And this is a big part of our, of our company. Um, it, it, like when we're talking about sort of standing command stuff, it, it's about how are you conveying your ideas in ways that people are receiving them? How are you sort of amending your communication style in order for it to land, um, for it to be absorbed, received, you know, and, and especially when you're saying, this is a bad idea. Like I can see it. Um, how, how do you sort of transform that to bring people along and, you know, like, the, and sometimes it is just sort of allowing for it to happen. And it's, you know, it, it applies to, you know, our, our son, it applies yeah. to um, major, you know, major decisions that we're making where, and you're still applying the exact same principles to evaluate those complicated, you know, decisions. Um, and so it's neat to be rooted in this space and have something that you can, can focus on in order to be able to explore those, those more complicated spaces. Um, so one of the questions that has been floating through my mind is um, when you talk to clients or friends or whoever, and you talk about the spirituality piece, um, how is that received? And like, what do you say to people who are like, oh, I'm not spiritual, like that's not me. Like, is there, do you ever get a reaction? <laughs> that's interesting. Hey? It is interesting. I don't feel like, I think most people, okay, here's, here's an interesting way. I think it's sort of like, we don't lead with that foot. But I think through conversation and kind of seeing how we operate and uh, tends to invite a lot of in, intrigue and sort of just like a comforting sort of space. And then as you get into those conversations, it's like, I, it's just something that's so personal. And I think with anybody, the connection you're making with clients, people is on a real person to person level that beliefs and values kind of integrate themselves, yeah. you know, and it, it, yeah, there might be moments where main, mainly me, you're pretty socially fluid. I think I'm the person who has those awkward hiccups at times that I can't like hide that bizarro of it. But if that comes up, it invites a conversation where it's sort of like, I've already built trust in you. So now I can authentically be weird and you're going to be okay with it. And then we can have this conversation. It's typically met in a way that's well received, but I think it's, it's so authentic to who we are as people that it doesn't come off as though we're um, being preachy or strange. It integrates well into who we are. So that conversation is never like, hey, I'm not spiritual. Spirituality, I think for us, is such an overarching concept, right? It's this idea of what's your relationship to you know, how you perceive the world? What does that look like to you? It doesn't necessarily, it's not this caveat of like, these are my religious beliefs. These are my codes of conduct. It's sort of like, well, hey, this is how I connect to the environment around me, how I perceive, believe, you know, receive, I guess, in, in the spirit of Eve words, um, everything around me. And this is how I make sense of it so that I feel grounded and anchored in the things that I can't necessarily make sense of. 
being able to dive deep into it and that level of authenticity and when people want to explore it, then, then I think it becomes a um, sort of a trueness of, of where we all are and none of us are uh, in, in, none of us are sort of in a better place than, than anybody else when it comes to that, that concept of spirituality. We're, we're all yeah. on the right journey um, at exactly the right time and we just got to sort of continue to move it forward. Someone who maybe is trying to start the journey or, or progress a little bit on that journey, like, do you have any tips or recommendations of either things that they could read or think about or explore, um, uh, you know, to kind of further their exploration of, of spirituality and, and connection in, in all the ways that you've described? Yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, a really simple, tangible one for me is, um, so meditating three times a day for five minutes, um, and then sort of steadily increase that to 10 minutes a day and then to 15 minutes. So you're, you're you know, once you sort of, you're, you're comfortable, you can, you're, you're meditating three times a day for 15 minutes, you know, and, and um, what you do in that space is um, sort of up to you, right? But, but I think it is about creating a space where you can um, you can explore this and you can sort of find the comfort in whatever that looks like and and I'll give an example so my, my morning meditation um, it, it, it is really about so I've tried to find the furthest reaches of um, sort of space uh, and, and so I see myself wherever I am and then I I sort of pull back almost like a like a Google Maps where you're just like pulling further and further and further and further away. And, and then you're sort of floating um, to, 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 to into darkness. And, and um, it's funny how the mind starts playing tricks on you where like, like, Oh my God, I almost got hit by a star. And it's like, like, what are the chances of that? Like it, it sort of doesn't make any sense in terms of the vast sort of expanse uh, that we're in, but something that, that striving for sort of this, this, isolation and darkness and expands um, is where my morning sort of starts. Um, and then in the evening, it's, it's sort of the opposite of like grounding in, sort of feeling your body, being able to, you know, sort of start at your crown and finish at your toes and just sort of like a, um, what was that old, like that egg, you know, that crack an egg on your head and like, Oh, yeah. that concentration yeah, game like, when exactly. you're like pounding on someone's back. Do you guys oh. remember those weird games? Yeah, you knife in your back and, and is yeah. that like, super dark. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but can, can you feel, if yeah. you cracked it like a giant egg on your head, could you feel <laughs> the that? The sun's yoke? coming back and, <laughs> and like people and, like, dying, children crying, it. like so absurd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah feeling that sort of move from your crown to like can you feel it at the edge of your toes could you feel sort of this yeah. this um uh like like this liquid move across and all the way down it's it's a real beautiful orientation yeah. of sort of kind of where where your body is and, and where you're at yeah even just yeah i think grounding in your body is really important is a big one so you kind of feel like you're you, right? Like starting with your hands, your feet, this is my right hand and move all the sensation to one hand, you know, then the next and your whole body. I think an important thing for me is <clears throat> being outside. That's a huge part is understanding that I'm a part of the environment around me and the universe and trees for me are really huge because they're so rooted and planted and they're indestructible and they weather you know, the test of time. And yeah, I remember when 
COVID hit for me to feel like present was sort of like, can we, I, I need to hug a tree, like literally. And that's what we went. We went <laughs> to Everthy Park and I'm like, I'm just going to hug this tree. And hopefully there's no Dutch elm disease anywhere. I'm just going to hug it. <laughs> but, but effectively, like it's being part of um, the world that surrounds us. A another thing for me that's important, we talked about asking questions. We have this idea of manifestation or what, and to me, it's really, we create, we don't necessarily manifest, we create. And the way we create is things don't show up the way we want them to. They just show up. And would you be open to the universe giving you what you asked for? Perhaps not in the way that you decided it was going to look like, because it's just not how it works. And in that, what are the questions you're going to ask to invite that? And those are typically open-ended. Well, what if it was easy? What would it look like if this could be easy? Uh, what would it take for this to be easy? You know, or I wonder what it looks like. Some of the questions we're always asking is how, how does it get even better than that? And because I'm asking the universe to show me better, that's it, right? The other thing is not asking why, you know, the why is circular. It doesn't matter why. Then we're just looking to try and calculate and get back in the linear. Those to me are really important. And when we're open to receiving, which I think is a huge part, you start slowing just questions and deciding that I want to see what this is going to look like. I don't want to stifle the energy. I don't want to create a construct, but I'd like to see how it shows up. So I'm going to ask for that and be prepared and be open for whatever that looks like. And that's a huge part of it is, I think, questions. If there's anyone who's listening to this and they're, they want to, they've, they've been dabbling in meditation or they want to, they've been thinking about like starting to meditate or going on like a meditation journey, but they don't know how, like, what would you say to them to help them get started? Yeah. I mean, one, one is start, you yeah. know, like there, there, there's no wrong way um, to do this. And, and I think there's different um, philosophies or different methods, methods. Uh, finding the right methodology for you is sort of the most, you know, probably the journey that you need yeah. to go on in order to find, you know, where, where the right intersection is. Um, but I think that the idea of like, what, what's, what's the purpose of the meditation, mm -hmm. you know, and, and being purposeful in recognizing what that is before you jump into it is, I, for me, is probably the most important part. So is this about healing? Is this about, um, you know, drawing energy from, you know, if I'm low, how do I, how do I talk myself up? Um, is this about movement? Is this about um, sort of just, you know, sort of candy fun, you know, moving out into the outer realms of space where just like, hey, it's just feeling my own insignificance, which is sort of a great feeling for anybody who hikes around, you know, like in Banff and, and sort of in the mountains that are at our, at our doorstep. Um, that, that's sort of the best part about hiking for me is like to feel the fact that you're like, you're tiny yeah. in this, in this vast. massive space in this vast space. And, and, and I think I, I strive for some of those feelings, um, when I'm doing my meditation and so that you can like relate to a physical, um, experience that you've had, but you can do it sort of in, in a mental space. And so if you are, if you are thinking about it or you want to do it, um, start. If people want to find out more about you or um, follow you, where can they find you? Uh, well, I guess, I mean, stand and command, um, stand and command, I should probably enunciate that a little bit better, but uh, is our uh, is our company. Um, we're based here in Calgary, so they can for sure find that at standandcommand.com. Um, I, I 
I'm fairly active on, on things like LinkedIn, and, and you can sort of definitely find find me there. Um, I'm a Levite, so <laughs> you're kind of just following out. Yeah. If you if you have me, just phone number, call her, and if you don't, write me a letter. <laughs> Here's my home address. I love that. Awesome. I love it. So you're all of a sudden going to get a whole bunch of snail mail. Yeah. It's so cool if all of a sudden all this mail comes in. And like, yeah, <laughs> um, but I mean, we're around. I think sort of the, the idea of like the openness and the connection and, and wanting to support the broader um, community. It's uh, once you're once you're sort of in the orbit, you're, you're in the orbit. And so 